Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats Podcast. We're coming rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthasor. And today, welcome to this weekly recap, which will actually probably be pretty quick because we have exactly two things to cover. And no matter how much we stretch and go into detail on those two things, I don't see this being a particularly long episode. Yeah, uh, I mean, considering we just had like a half recap thing on like Tuesday, the not much has happened since then. Yeah, the uh, Chiefs won their game in a thriller. I feel cool. bad for Justin Herbert. <laughs> he was trying his best, which was really good. But yeah, but anyway, we're just going to go over the soccer game, the volleyball game, and then of course the wacky segment of the week. But let's go ahead and dive. Actually. Before we do that, just want to talk about the recent announcement of where the Cayman Classic is going to be streamed, which is on Flow Basketball. I just wanted to mention it because who has Flow Basketball? This happens like every year for like some preseason tournament that K-State's in or like some like 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 non-conference tournament that K-State's in where it's on some... Well, I say I was about to say some obscure streaming service. It's always Flow Basketball, and nobody has it, and it's like thirty bucks for a month because they know that they're just gonna like trap some D one audience into like buying it for like three games, which I will absolutely not be doing. So yeah, I I will sooner sail the seven seas. I I will to, but I will listen to Wyatt Vision instead. Yeah, I. Yeah, I just think it's somewhat disappointing, but not entirely unexpected. It's just a shame. It could have happened to anybody. And it does. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, now moving on to the recap portion, starting off with soccer. The K-State soccer team picked up a victory up against the Colorado State Rams. They entered this contest 3-2-1 and one, with a victory, a 3-0 victory in favor of your Kansas State Wildcats. That moves them to 4-3-1, and one, so at 500 in terms of, you know, wins. But this was a, you know, it's a game that was pretty dominant by the, the Wildcats. In terms of scoring, Kyler Goen scored in the 16th minute. It was her fifth goal on the year. And then at the 19-minute mark, Kyler Goins again scored. And then again at 19 minutes, 51 seconds, Bailey Nemechek scored her first goal of the year. And all of those capped off the scoring. So all of the scoring was done within, you know, three minutes of each other. So congratulations to the Soccer Cats for getting, you know, bang, bang, bang plays. Yeah, and... uh those last two from uh, Gones and Nemechek, those were both in the uh, 20th minute. So uh, everything was happening pretty quickly there. And then Kyler Gones gets, gets the uh, the brace, gets the two goals. Uh, I don't remember the last time the team has had uh, someone get two goals in a match, mainly because we rarely score two goals in a match. We, we generally just get one. So... Yeah. But yeah, this was a pretty dominating victory with just a, a real hot streak there. Uh, and also a match where it seems like we really let off the gas at the end and got a lot of substitutes in. Uh, first half, 12 shots for K-State, one for Colorado State. On the match as a whole, K-State had 16. Colorado State just had four. 
Casey had eight shots on goal and a goose egg in the shots on goal column for Colorado State. Uh, corner kicks, Casey had a five, Colorado State had two, and fouling uh, was roughly even eight to 11 uh, in favor of K State there. Uh, and then also, Kyler Goins was involved on every goal because she assisted the uh, Bailey Nemechek, uh goal as well. So she was involved in every single goal, which is really, really impressive. But yeah, three no win um, against Colorado State. Nice to see. Um, Elena Wehrmeyer had a very, very easy night, at least on the stat sheet. Uh, didn't leave um, the field. Yeah, didn't have to um, register a save. Just four shots came in her direction. Uh, so um, pretty nice uh, for her. They were able to rotate in. Uh, almost everybody. Um, they had uh, it looks like just as many, if not more, substitutes as they did uh, starters get into the match, uh, which is really nice. Uh, good for the uh, younger players to get in and play some. Um, but yeah, a resounding three nil win. Not a lot to really say about it because, well, for one, I I, did, I was unable to watch, but it was just a a really nice win where all the scoring came at once, which is really strange. Uh, kind of very unusual, I guess is how I'll say it, but yeah. Yeah. Good for the soccer team. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a get about 500. That's a, it's a shame that they had to kick off the exact same time as the chiefs game. Yeah. That, that could happen to anybody truly, but <laughs> yeah, it, it really could have, but congratulations to the soccer cats moving four, three and one on the year. Their next game is going to be up against South Dakota State this Sunday in Brookings, South Dakota. It is on Jackrabbits All Access, whatever that means. I also imagine that it would probably be like radioed because I'm not sure there's any other sporting events going on at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. But I guess you never know. And then conference play opens up one week from today up against Iowa State in Ames. So, and that's on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. So, always support the Soccer Cats. But moving on to another women's team, and that is the women's volleyball team, who's had a really, really nice start to the year and had another matchup up against the University of Missouri-Kansas City, UMKC Ruse. And this was a 3 to nothing victory in favor of Kansas State, with only the last set being particularly close. It was 25-14, 25-13, and then 31-29. And this was actually in Kansas City. It had a pretty decent attendance, 702. But Connor has you for the more in-detailed statistics. Yeah, but before I start, something I learned recently is that UMKC is trying to rebrand to just being Kansas City. Instead of UMKC, uh, which I like, I, I first I thought it was just constant misprint every time that we like face them. I was like, why are they putting Kansas City instead of UMKC? Turns out that's because they asked us to, and they're asking everybody to, which is kind of strange, I guess. I mean, I guess I get it because Kansas City is a little bit more definite than UMKC because UMKC can mean anything. I mean, like, I IUPUI, like same same problem. Oh, yeah, I, I guess think that that's you, true, but. Um, yeah, the cats, regardless, a uh, resounding victory in this one. Although, yeah, like you said, the last set did get, uh, pretty close. It actually did go past, uh, 
uh, set point and match point. Uh, but Casey ends up winning 31 to 29 that last set. The other ones were uh, double digit wins for K-State. Uh, individually, or I suppose I should say as a team, K-State hits 245, pretty good. Um, Kansas City has an absolutely atrocious uh, attacking day, uh, 0.018 as a team, just barely uh, above zero there. That is a really, really rough uh, slash line for them. I don't know if slash line applies. Uh, one of other, uh, they had a uh, 25 attack errors uh, to 27 kills and 112 attempts. Uh, pretty rough. Um, but on the K State side of things, um, a lot of people hitting pretty well. Uh, Haley Warner had a really nice day 11 attack attempts, seven kills, two errors, hitting 455, getting really close to 500. Um, and then also had a few digs, uh, some block attempts, uh, a couple assists. Uh, Sydney Bolding had a nice day again as well, 267. Uh, hitting percentage, 15 attack attempts, six kills, two errors. Elena Baca had another good day too. Uh, she hit 20 attack attempts, 10 kills, just two errors. Did have three service errors though. Uh, the service errors were another problem for volleyball. That continues to be uh, a highly inconsistent uh, stat for the volleyball team. 14 errors, to just six aces uh, in the serving column. Really need to get that under control as we get closer to Big 12 play because that can really burn a team down the road. Uh, Leah Carter didn't have an incredible day. 20 attack attempts, 6 kills, 5 errors, uh, then 3 service errors, or just 1 ace. Uh, so not the best, not the worst. Um, Shaylee Myers had a nice day. 21 attack attempts, 8 kills, 2 errors. A lot of what I've noticed is that the um, offensive talent around Aaliyah Carter has been doing really well recently, which to me what that's saying is Aaliyah Carter is getting the focus of the defense as she should, and that's really opening things up for Elena Baca or Shaley Myers to really take advantage and bolster their stats and take the offensive load. Um, Other than that, not much else going on in the uh, offensive column. Uh, Ava Legrand had three attack attempts and two kills. She's been getting a little bit more playing time. She saw time in two of the three sets. She had 15 uh, sets as well, as did Lauren Hinkle. Um, beyond that, not much else really to report. Uh, Molly Ramsey had 10 digs. Uh, Mackenzie Morris had nine. Um, not a ton going on here. Um, other than this was a pretty resounding victory for K-State over allegedly now Kansas City and not UMKC. Um, and uh, the Cats end up moving to 9-2 and two, uh, after this one with uh, just two more um, um, non-conference games before they get into their um, season opener for Big 12 play, which will be a home fixture against KU same day as the OU football game. Uh, so that... Um, um, start time got moved up, um, because yeah. it originally was a 7 p.m. start. So now yeah, they figured that one wasn't going to work. It was not going to work. So I'm glad if they moved that. Yeah. Also, completely unrelated to everything. I every single time I hear you say aces as like a volleyball stat, like I, I look at you like, yeah, what's up? I I still do that. And it's really messed up. And this is a completely unrelated side tangent. Because when we played when my high school, high school football, we had a formation that was five ace every single time. And I'm not joking when I say every single time that was called, 
I would just like run up and down the sidelines. Like what's going on? Why am I needed? I'm a defensive player. What's happening here? <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, no, it's the formation. And then I go, I to go sit down. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, I, we should uh, maybe talk to the uh, volleyball staff people to rename uh, some of this. Uh, do you think maybe service? I don't know. What, what, what can we call them instead of service aces? Like service kills, I don't know. They call them kills on the attacking side. Corners, I don't know. Corners, service <laughs> corners, I don't know. Because like, it's that way in tennis as well. I, either neither here nor there. The next two games <laughs> for K State volleyball are to the day this episode comes out, September sixteenth, up against Rice in Houston, and then up against number seventeen Crichton, which is this Saturday, which you can all view online. That's literally all. It oh, says that's that's very online. vague. The Rice game says YouTube, so I guess yeah. Rice just is like setting up a live stream. I, I guess so. They're they're streaming live on Twitch. <laughs> that that would be so funny. You know what? That should, they should put the uh, basketball tournament on. They should just stream it on Twitch and <laughs> just let us watch on there. And I'm sure there's gonna be a uh, alternative Twitch stream available somewhere, anyways. But yeah. Yeah, the, the matchup I'm really interested in is the one against Crichton because they're coming in ranked 17th in the country. So I think that'll be a really big test to see if this if this is simply a team that's kind of been feasting on weaker competition or if it's a team that is legit and should keep like advancing in the tournament in mind. I am looking forward to that for that reason as well because they've they're still, they're nine and two. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they probably beat Rice. So they're going to be 10 and 2 going into that match. And then Creighton is a really highly regarded team, allegedly. And so I, I want to, I'd really like to see them get a victory against them because right now they really need to bolster their resume. Uh, Creighton, right now, they're 7 and 2. Um, their only losses have been to number uh, 16, Kentucky. And number two nebraska um which uh that was a two to three or three to, yeah two to three loss for creighton uh a really tightly contested match uh and on, something to note about that was that was the highest attended volleyball match ever i believe uh really? it had all yeah they it was played in omaha and it was almost sixteen thousand people for uh, number 17, Creighton, and number two, Nebraska. It was broadcast on FS1. So this is a good Creighton team. Uh, they just went and beat Florida State and Omaha. Um, they beat number 25, USC, uh, 3-1. Uh, they beat Iowa State 3-0. They beat Wichita State 3-1. They beat Wyoming 3-1. They're playing generally better competition than we are. Somehow they beat South Dakota 4-0. I don't know how that happened. Uh, that is more sets than you're supposed to play. Hmm. Might have been an exit. It looks like it was an exhibition match where they just played more sets for some reason to get more people in, I guess. But Sure, whatever. Hardly matters. But the point that I'm trying to make here and doing it really clumsily is that Creighton is a really, really good team. And that's the sort of upset that could take this non-conference resume from wholly unimpressive um, to 
um, semi-interesting at least. And at the very least, a competitive match is needed against Creighton, I'd say. Yeah, I'd, I'd just prefer we didn't get just like smoked. If we can take a set or a minimum be competitive in all of our sets, kind of similar to how we were uh, last year um, with uh, Nebraska, where I think we technically got swept, but every set was really close, as I recall. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we can uh, uh, do something similar uh, for uh, this Creighton match. Yep. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up the recap segment of this week. Told you it'd be a short one. But now we're going into the wacky segment of the week. And this week's segment is pick one K-State coach to suit up for the K-State Wildcats and start. You can pick the position, but they have to be as is now. So you can't like have prime Colin Klein under center. You you have to take him as he is now. So my question for you, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um I will go first. Okay. Um this was a with the first overall pick in the 2022 Aggie Bo Alley Cats <laughs> coach draft, Connor Balthazor selects. Well I have some stuff to say first. So <laughs> um I I I bounced around on this a little bit because for one because it's in current form and all of them are at least like a few years relieved uh, removed from playing uh it's difficult to narrow someone down and actually say that they would be talented like on the field um the position coaches i will say that i considered were like van alone and colin klein and that was pretty much it and I, I didn't really go much beyond that. I don't know. Maybe Kleiman still got something left in the tank to go out and be a corner. But um, I ended up going through a few GA bios and I'm partial to a Tevin Madison. Um, because from what I could tell, at least he uh, he um, he's played competitive football the most recently um, of anybody on the staff. Um, he was at Texas Tech from 2014 to 2016, uh, played at West Alabama in 2017. And in 2019, he played uh, some arena football for the Iowa Barnstormers, which is only like four years ago or three years ago, whatever. I don't know. Four years ago. And um, so I'm I'm going to roll with Tevin Madison, who I just learned today was a graduate assistant. Um I'm hoping that he can really step on the field and I don't know what position he played. Um, but I, I'm going to guess defensive back because he was defensive backs assistant at Southeast Missouri. And now is a defensive graduate assistant at K state. So I'm going to tentatively say he was a defensive back based on the heavily anecdotal evidence I have, but that's my pick. That's fair. That's a good number one overall pick. So I, like you, was heavily considering Colin Klein. But then I looked at the comparison photos between how Colin Klein looked when he was playing and how he looks now. I am not sure that he could take a hit right now because he's he's slimmed down a lot. So yeah, that pretty much eliminated him from me. 
Uh, I was tempted to go with Fan Malone just because of, you know, his playing experience. The fact that, you know, he was at one point a defensive back for the Detroit Lions. Granted, this was back in the 1990s. So there are a lot of people that I went over. I would I glanced over Joe Klanderman because he's the safeties coach. Turns out he was a defensive lineman, so that pretty much knocked him out immediately. What? Yeah, Joe Klanderman was a defensive lineman. You are joking. No, I'm not. But the pick that I ultimately ended up making was I'm going to have Brian LaPac line up as the starting H-back. And the main reason I say that is because starting H-back or starting fullback is one of the hardest positions to screw up. And I think that Brian LaPac could do it because he is an ex-offensive lineman. That's my pick. Plus, he's relatively young. You know, you don't I I don't want to trot out Chris Kleiman. He's needed on the sidelines. I don't want to trot out Colin Klein. I I fear for him. <laughs> but you know, my pick is gonna be the number two overall pick is gonna be Brian LePac for, for my roster. You know what? That's fair. And also he'll bring a level of intelligence to the offense because he went to law school and then just decided to not do that, yeah. <laughs> which is, I, I I simply can't understand that that thought process. It's worked out for him because he's now a Division One coach. Um, but I mean, he went to law school and then was a GA for five years after that, which pretty much means that you're not getting paid. Like as I understand it, like. He was a GA from 14 to 16 at Indiana and then from 17 to 19 at OU. And then after that, he was the run game coordinator at Southern, not Southern, anything in particular, just (laughs) Just Southern. Southern. It's just down there somewhere. Somewhere there, somewhere on earth. Watch it be Southern like Massachusetts or something. I would be so mad if (laughs) Southern university was like in Southern, like, Southern was in like Southern North Dakota or something. Okay. Well, like this, the Southern part of a directional, it's got to be in the South somewhere. It is in the South. Uh, can you guess what state? Um, I'm going to say Mississippi, Mm-mm. Louisiana. It is Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge. Interesting. Actually, there are two of them. There's Southern University A&M in Baton Rouge and there's Southern University at New Orleans. At New Orleans. And Southern University Shreveport. Oh, God, which one? <laughs> oh, no. It's like a chain restaurant. Which one has a football? Uh, uh, I have no idea. It's. It, uh, uh, I'm I, trying I to figure it out so much. All I can I, get is Southern. It's. Oh, no. God. Uh, Baton Rouge. Okay, so Baton Southern Rouge. is Baton Rouge. It's an HBCU. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Apparently, LePac coached there for a year uh, down in Louisiana, and then came to K State. So good for him. But he just has such an interesting background. Like, like going from playing at Oklahoma to just being like, I'm going to do law school, and then doing that and say, I don't really want to do that anymore. Like, like graduating and passing the bar and then just being like, eh, I'm okay. Eh, bored. Football. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go coach football instead for free. 
okay. <laughs> More power to you, Lepak. Uh, yeah. it's, it's ended up, it's worked out for him. So, yeah, it's worked out pretty well for him. But yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for you. As well as for being a second overall pick. That's obviously the the more prestigious of the two. That is a big honor. I, I don't think he's aware of it, but uh, some, someone needs to tell him about it, that he was the second overall pick and uh, coaches on the staff that we think could play today. <laughs> Behind the GA. Yeah. <laughs> but Behind yeah. Te- Tevin Madison. <laughs> Number one overall pick, Tevin Madison. But... That pretty much wraps up this episode of the Aggieville Alleycast podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to contact or follow the show, we're at Aggieville ACATS on Twitter. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in CATS. Excuse me. If you want to email us, we're at AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I'm at ACEdward00. I am at Connor Bounces or capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where you can find such designs as the staff-approved Doontang Clan, Play Sandstorm Cowards, and, of course, Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats. <laughs>